I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed, but I don't see that. Seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the Christmas Show main event. This will be my last show for the year of 2017, as Scott McAfee will be with you last uh, for my last show while Don and I go away to uh, celebrate our uh, 21st anniversary. Uh, ten long years, ten long years on the radio with you. So uh, congratulations, everybody. You made it through. I thought my job was hard, but you have to listen to me. So uh, anyway, uh, before I go into everything that's going on, because I got a, I got a whole, I got a great show for you today. You're gonna love this one. It's gonna be easy to listen to. It's gonna be fun, and uh, so you're try to take away some of your, some of your stress from uh, Christmas uh, buying season. Christmas buying season started on Friday, uh, December 22nd, same as it does every year. So uh, I don't know. Uh, Don and I are just about done. Um, so we'll be lounging, getting the last few things for, our, uh, for our kids and maybe going to see a bunch of movies. So anyway, uh, so before we get into the show, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender based here in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get in touch with me right away, but do you, but you don't want to talk on the phone because you don't want me to hear your voice or you don't want someone at work to hear your voice because you're stealing time from your boss. Go to WCCLoans.com, click on uh, Loan Center, click on Apply Now, put in as much information as you want me to have, and tell us how much information you want back. You'll hear it back from myself or uh, one of my able-bodied teammates, and we will help uh, you find the missing piece to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether you want to refinance, whether you a house that you have or you want to buy a new house, whether you want to uh, get a house for a vacation home or an investment property, I've done it all. I've helped people with it all. And uh, I've helped uh, create a, a sizable chunk of millionaires uh, doing it. And uh, a lot of happy homeowners that aren't millionaires, but they're happy that they got the financing, got the advice that they did. 855-640-2020. If you want to uh, hear anything repeated on the show, uh, you can get the uh, you can go to edhoffman.net. E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the podcast page and you can hear this show as well as a few past shows. Um, you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. 
where you can uh, subscribe for free, have it download to your uh, your phone, your iPhone, your eyeballs, your uh, your uh, your iNet, your iPad, your iWatch, your i pod uh there was some other i thing that my wife told me you should add this one in i just can't remember it right now and i'm having a delayed intelligence here so uh but you can get the you can get the podcast on there here at any time you want um keep in touch with the uh show on on uh, social media at ed hoffman as twitter at ed hoffman at E-D-H-O-F-F-M-E-N, where I tweet about current events all week long, some more than other. And uh, the show on Facebook is facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Uh, if you want to leave some comments on the show, this is not for mortgage information, but if you want to leave some comments on the show, the listener hotline, 855-640-2092. I'll remind you that towards the end of the show as well. So let's talk about what's going on. America first national security strategy. President Trump on Monday unveiled the national security strategy that enshrines his America first approach to U.S. policy, stressing American strength and economic security. Quite frankly, this is how he got elected. And this is why I, for one, support this guy 100 uh, percent. It has four pillars. Number one, protecting the homeland. Number two, promoting American prosperity. I'll talk about all these talk about all these in a couple minutes. Uh, three, peace through military strength, and four, cybersecurity. It sounds simple, but let's remember it hasn't always been this way. The president reminded us of the kind of na- what the kind of national security we were dealing with before he took office. For many years, our citizens watched as Washington politicians presided over one disappointment after another. To many of our leaders, so many who forgot whose voices they were to respect and whose interests they were supposed to defend. They neglected a nuclear menace in North Korea, made a disastrous, weak, and incomprehensibly bad deal with Iran, and allowed terrorists such as ISIS to gain control of vast parts of territory all across the Middle East. They put American energy under lock and key. They imposed punishing regulations and crippling taxes. They surrendered our sovereignty to foreign bureaucrats in far away and distant capitals. And over the profound objections of the American people, our politicians left our borders wide open. Millions of immigrants entered illegally Millions more were admitted into our country without the proper vetting needed to protect our security and our economy. You know, let's talk about let's talk about uh, what he's talking about with the with the four pillars. So, first of all, protecting the homeland. And I agree with everything, everything that that uh, President Trump said. And I think uh, the last eight years, I don't care what color our last president was. He was a moron. He didn't he didn't grow up in the United States, whether you think he was born here or you don't. He grew up for the first 10 years in Indonesia with uh, his Indonesian uh, father and as a Muslim in uh, in Indonesia. Then he then they shipped him back to Hawaii where his grandparents brought him up the rest of the way. And he plugged into the wrong people. He was the wrong person to lead our country, period. Okay, and he did some stupid things and everything that you're hearing. The little uh, sound bites and stuff about what the Democrats, which I'll play you some of them in a little bit, is all BS and it's all smoke and mirrors. But uh, let's talk about protecting the homeland. That's like immigration, the travel ban. You know, hey, the travel ban, which got uh, overturned for like 
11 months. They stopped it. The superior, the Supreme Court stopped it and the deputy attorney general and everybody stopped this from, from going in and guess what it do? Went all the way to the Supreme Court and they said that's totally constitutional. Let's stop letting people in from Muslim countries that don't vet their, their passengers and they don't come in here until we can figure a way to get it off. And it was a one-year fight. Oh, Trump's a racist. You know what? He's not a racist. He's trying to protect us. So immigration, travel ban, the wall. You know, the wall has to go up. The wall will go up. And people are saying, well, you know what? Our our immigra- our uh, people coming over the border, the southern border, is at the lowest point at now it's ever been. Yeah, because they know Trump's going to bust them. But what happens if we don't put up a wall now? Because the next time if the, if the Democrats get somebody in there, they'll all come pouring over again. Have you guys figured out? Have you learned anything from history? That's how it is. Okay, promoting American prosperity. Uh, that's like tax reform. Uh, fairer trade agreements, less regulation. And the, one of the things that I love, drill, baby, drill. He opened up the Anwar, which is the Alaskan National Wildlife Refuge, which is a big old chunk of the biggest state in our country, geographically, Alaska. A big old chunk of, of the land's called the Alaskan National Wildlife Refuge. And they, they have developed drilling, uh, drilling methods where they can have equipment that's about the size of a football field, and they can drill the whole... Anwar from there and it goes down it goes underground it goes sideways it goes up ways it goes angle ways it goes all, all that getting oil out and they're they've protect they've stopped it because they don't want to upset the uh the porcupine caribou or whatever it is uh, up there and they've said hey it won't want to since they've had the equipment up there the caribou population has actually increased so it's a bunch of bs to try and get uh try and make people stop progressing. Hey, guess what? We've got enough oil under our ground in Alaska and Texas and Utah and North Dakota, all over the place. We don't need the Middle East. You want to you wanna see, see some uh, things change in the world? Stop buying oil from these guys. Stop letting them control us. Peace through strength, through the millionaire, through the military. I think that says it all. You know what? As we, as we get, you know, as we, as we, as Obama let our military dwindle, let him, let it dwindle, we stop being afraid, being, uh, being, uh, people stop, our, our, our enemies stop fearing us. Let me play this. Let me play this clip from a movie called Act of Valor, which you may remember was a, a bunch of actual, uh, Navy SEALs that voted in, the, uh, that actually acted in this movie from about three or four years ago. Before my father died, he said the worst thing about growing old was that other men stopped seeing you as dangerous. I've always remembered that. A being dangerous was sacred, a badge of honor. You live your life by a code, an ethos. Every man does. It's your shoreline. It's what guides you home. And trust me, you're always trying to get home. Think about that. We're always trying to get home. No matter what, no matter what you do in your life, no matter what you're doing, you're going through the stress of your life, building your business, uh, building your career, and all all you're trying to do is just get home to where you're to where you're comfortable to where you're you're safe and uh you know and you live your life by an ethos we don't have that in this country trump is the first guy stepping up to the stepping up to the to the uh to the podium that that's actually exercising hey this is what america's about we're going to stand by it we don't we don't care if it's popular or not and quite frankly i feel good about it i'm so happy i voted for him uh, last, the last pillar was cybersecurity, like uh, the Russian, Chinese, the CIA, FBI, social media, all the things, all the things that we should be doing to protect ourselves. 
uh, through through uh, cybersecurity and uh, and from cybersecurity, you know, from letting them get into our systems and to use the systems that are out there to protect ourselves from uh, from the bad guys. Let's hear Let's hear some more from uh, President Trump. On top of everything else, our leaders drifted from American principles. They lost sight of America's destiny and they lost their belief in American greatness. As a result, our citizens lost something as well. The people lost confidence in their government and eventually even lost confidence in their future. But last year, all of that began to change. The American people rejected the failures of the past. You rediscovered your voice and reclaimed ownership of this nation and its destiny. Yep, I think uh, that's just what I just said, that people people have lost that. And, uh, you know, I picked up a, a sign while Christmas shopping uh, at this store called Hobby Lobby. If you've never been there, it's uh, I thought I was going to a hobby store. It's uh, really not what I expected, but they have a lot of good patriotic stuff in there. I picked up a sign that says, uh, if we ever forget, it was a quote from Ronald Reagan, if, if we ever forget that we're one nation under God, we will certainly become a nation gone under. And uh, so I'm hanging that in my house or my office or something. I bought, I said, I have taken this thing. But you know what? If we don't remember what we're about, let's just not offend anybody. Let's just not stand for anything. Let's just everybody get along. Guess what? The world doesn't work that way. World does not work that way. Um, I think uh, I th- then the, let's hear what the president says, how he's described his accomplishment over the last year when it comes to defeating ISIS. We have established strict new vetting procedures to keep terrorists out of the United States, and our vetting is getting tougher each month to counter Iran and block its path to a nuclear weapon. I sanctioned the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps for its support of terrorism, and I declined to certify the Iran deal to Congress. Following my trip to the Middle East, the Gulf states and other Muslim-majority nations joined together to fight radical Islamist ideology and terrorist financing. We have dealt ISIS one devastating defeat after another. The coalition to defeat ISIS has now recaptured almost 100% of the land once held by these terrorists in Iraq and in Syria. Great job. Great job. Really good. Did you know, do you hear the, the media talking about the fact that we've almost wiped ISIS out? hear anybody talking about that. Why is that? I don't know. Doesn't mean that we're away, that we're, that we're, uh, that we're safe from terrorism because uh, over the last eight years, we let terrorists come into Europe. We let, you know, we basically pulled out of Iraq. We let ISIS grow in there and we let their network grow to where it's a cyber thing. And then they're, they, they're here in the United States because we let people come in the Southern border. Hey, they're dark complected. They look like Mexicans and I'm sure they're fine. Uh, we need to take care of them. You know, we need to take care of them because they're just coming for a better life. Guess what? A lot of those guys look like Mexicans, but they're Afghanis and they're Pakistanis and they're Yemenis or whatever it is. And they're, and they're bad guys. We don't know where they came from. Syria, Libya, we don't know where they came from. And we just don't want to build a wall because we should be open borders. Yeah, leave your front door open. Go to sleep at night and feel safe with your front door open. Unlock the door. Don't take just take the door off. Put a put a, a bed sheet in front of it and see how comfortable you feel. 
It's amazing. You know, it says it all. You know, I, I, I think I like the fact that Trump uh, is constant. The fact that he's constantly being distracted by the media and all this BS being thrown at him, the the uh, the Russian collusion and uh, the the sexual uh, harassment, sexual harassment things that women have. Con- hey, there's 19 women that came out. Who are they? Who are they? Well, we found out Lisa Bloom was was paying people two hundred thousand dollars if they'd come out and accuse him of, uh, you know, Lisa Bloom, Gloria Allred's daughter, who's Lily White. Now she was she was defending uh, Harvey Weinstein, but when he can't, can't, oh yo, these are these things are unfounded. Oh, he she was trying to make a film. That's why. It's all about money, folks. So anyway, all the all these distractions that are being thrown at Trump, no matter what he does. Oh, did you see? He uh he took his wife to dinner and. and and he walked in through the door first. He didn't open the door for her. Or he tried to hold her hand and she didn't grab it right away. Or the 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 first lady's walking out from the White House in high heels going to go see a hurricane down. You know, no matter what they do, they don't they can't win because the media is a bunch of bunch of little people with little with little brains and little 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 minds. Should use a hey, there's another clip I could use from Leap of Faith. Uh, small town law enforcement, the attack of the puny brains. So there, there we are with the media. So, but I like, I like what he's, he's being constantly distracted that, but he's still staying laser focused on, on these four pillars. You know, he's, he's still got having his cabinet thing. Hey, well, he's dealing with, ah, this is stuff. They're, they're dealing with this or dealing with Alabama. He's doing this and doing that. He's dealing with that, but he's having his cabinet meetings and says, Hey, Mattis, go kick uh, uh, ISIS's butt. Uh, Mnuchin, get our tax thing done. Uh, and he's, he's focusing in on these things. Um, Tillerman, make sure we got these these trade deals. Do this, and he's he's being involved in all of it, but he can't do it all himself because 24 hours a day he's being hit from all different sides, all the all the things. And it reminds me, it reminds me of a clip. You guys are going to remember this one. You go, where did Ed pull that out of his memory? Here's a clip from the movie Tommy Boy. He's made one deal, Paul. It's not the end of the world. What would be good for us? We want to sell the factory. They're not going to sell the factory as long as Tommy keeps making sales. Why don't you come to bed? I got it. What does every factory need? Trucks. They make stuff. They've got to ship it. It's a must. See, it's all very simple, really. Stop the trucks. Stop Tommy Boy. What does every country need? It needs confidence behind its president. Stop the confidence. Stop. Donnie boy, Donnie Trump boy. You know what? It's it's all the same thing. It's that's the, that that should be a uh, that should be a clip of an undercover uh, an undercover uh, microphone from the Democratic National Committee. They're all going, "Hey, what can we do?" He's starting to get popular. He passed tax reform. He's going to do this. Let's throw some stuff out there to distract people away from it, so we can stop Donald Trump. It's it's sad. It's sad, but that's what's happening. It is sad. So let's go on to the next thing. Uh, President Trump, early Wednesday morning. Well, President Trump didn't do it. The Senate and the House. Uh, Wednesday morning, the Senate approved the final version of the first overhaul of the U.S. tax code in more than 30 years. The bill passed along party lines, 51-48. So no Democrats uh, did one vote for this. So when this thing uh, just explodes our economy and makes things start humming, they will have no credit for it. And they want to make sure they have no credit for it. But as you may have heard, the Senate sent the bill back to the House in the middle of the night. 
uh, because of two uh, t- because the Democrats said it violated some some little bill, some little law, some little rule, um, something called the the bird the bird act or something the bird rule. You know, I was going to go into this detail, but as I read it, I go, you know, it was essentially was a nothing burger, except for, uh, you know what, I don't like that word nothing burger, because that's kind of a nothing burger. It's a big nothing, but it's more of a wish sandwich. I'm not going to use nothing burger anymore. I'm going to call everything a wish sandwich when it's a big, uh, big uh, distraction. This thing was a wish sandwich. And do you guys know what a wish sandwich is? Have you ever heard of a wish sandwich? A wish sandwich is the kind of a sandwich where you have two slices of bread and you <laughs> wish you had some meat. Ball, ball, ball. I told you the show was going to be fun today. Did I not? So let's talk about the tax bill, the details of the bill, and there's lots more details, but I'll give you the, the few highlights. Re- reduces the corporate tax. This is the only thing that's important. Reduces the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21%. Because all the rest of the stuff is just uh, is just ribbons and shrink wrap. It's smoke and mirrors. Everything else is, hey, we raised this, we lowered that. It's going to help this person, going to help that person. Hey, whatever it is, whatever it is, I don't care. They, lo- they lowered the corporate tax rate. That's what creates jobs, folks. That's what creates jobs. State and local tax deductions will be capped at 10000 That's going to hurt a few people in California and Texas and the high, high hey, maybe we'll figure out uh, why aren't our taxes so high in the state of California. Maybe it's not Trump's fault. Maybe it's Jerry Brown's fault. You know, we got to start talking about that because we have a chance to put a Republican uh, governor in, the, uh, in Sacramento this year uh, or next year, a year from 11 months from now. And uh, maybe some, maybe we need to start talking to some of our idiot neighbors that are Democrats that think Jerry Brown, wow, this is great. Look what he's doing. Yeah, he's raising everybody's taxes. He's spending money on idiot stuff. He's an idiot. He's driving business out of California. Mortgage interest deduction will be capped at $750,000. So if you've got a on new mortgages, so if your old mortgage was a million and a half, you only get to write off a million. On new ones, if you have a million and a half mortgage, you only get to deduct the interest on seven fifty. Everybody who's who this affects, raise your hand. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're in your car, honk your car, honk your horn two times. Go bump up. Okay, nobody. All right. This is going to affect very few. Hey, people. Some people up in in Northern California, but you know what I found? The people that can afford uh, mortgages like this have big down t- big down payments, and they've got other ways to uh, shield themselves from taxes than their mortgage interest deduction. And they make too much money. It doesn't matter anyway because the alternative minimum tax. So no changes to capital gains. And for those of you that don't know, uh, there's a rule that says if you've lived in your house for two, two out of the last five years as, as your primary residence, you can sell that house. And if you're a single person, you can make up to $250,000 profit tax-free. And if you're a married person, you can make up to $500,000 tax-free. And you can do that essentially every two years. So you have to live in your house two years. And if you moved out of it, if you moved out of it so that if you moved out of it, you need to sell it less than three years to have to, so you could say I lived in it as my primary residence two out of the last five years. So if you keep it as a rental for a little while, you need to be considering, should I sell it when you're getting up to that three year mark? Because there may be a ton of equity that you can take tax free, which is huge. So uh, they were talking about moving it from uh, two out of the last five years to five out of the last eight years, which I don't think was that major of a problem, but people in the real estate industry were thinking, oh, it's going to stop people from selling their houses. 
Most pe- it's only for primary residences, and most people don't move that fast, so it's not going to affect that many people. And if you've got to move out of your house less than five years because your wife isn't happy with the neighborhood or the house, guess what? You're moving taxes or not. If your wife says it, you're doing it. And if you're saying, no, that's not true for me, Ed, that's because you're not married anymore. Okay, and, uh, and the other thing is that the Obamacare individual mandate has been removed. Let's hear, uh, let's hear Trump talk about this. Obamacare has just been repealed in this bill. We didn't want to bring it up. I told people specifically, be quiet with the fake news media because I don't want them talking too much about it because I didn't know how people would. But now that it's approved, I can say the individual mandate on health care where you had to pay not to have insurance. Okay, think of that one. You pay not to have insurance. The individual mandate has been repealed. This is big stuff, folks. I'm going to talk about this more after the break. So when we come back, I'm going, to, I'm going to continue to talk about these tax things, and we'll go on to the, the next set of exciting stuff going on in this country. Uh, don't go away. Five minutes of uh, commercials and traffic, and we'll be right back with part two of the main event. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't think I don't talk a lot about mortgages in real estate on this show, and the reason I did because this is the this is going to be the end of ten years. This show is going to be the end of ten years for me. Actually, one more show, but Scott McAfee will be sitting in for me next week. Um, but I don't talk about it because if you're not in the market, it's boring. But if you think about it, you're listening. We're talking. We're getting to know each other. When it's time to buy, when it's time to get a mortgage, when it's time to buy real estate, you want to, you you know, we all sell the same, same products. We all got 30 year fix and 15 year fix and adjustables and, and uh, we've got non-owner occupied and we got reverse mortgages. We got all kinds of different stuff for you. What it comes down to is who's advising on what to do and do you trust them? And you want to deal with someone that, that uh, actually will look out for your best interest. So uh, if you're interested in uh, getting involved in any of that stuff and you feel like confident that you want to talk to me, 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. And don't forget the listener hotline, listener hotline uh, where you can uh, leave me a voicemail, tell me what you think of the show, leave a message at 855-640-2092. I just might play your message on the show like this one. I had, uh, sure was nice listening to your common sense, um, you know, well expressed, and uh, the only problem was you got, had to rush at the end. Wish you had a little more time to go over the tax bill. But anyway, God bless you for all your efforts, and keep up the good work. Hey, thanks for your uh, thanks for your nice calls, and uh, you know you got a handful of a uh, handful of people that got something negative to say. Call in, I'll I'll play it too. I'll play it too if uh, if you don't use any four letter words. Okay, so anyway, uh, thanks for your uh, thanks for your your uh, your compliment, and I'll talk. I'm talking more about the tax bill um, before the before the break. We were talking about how the uh, how we part of the tax bill was removing the individual mandate. Out of Obamacare, which essentially, which essentially repeals Obamacare. Let me tell you why. Because the individual mandate said that you are required to to purchase a government mandated policy. So the policy that qualifies per the per the government's uh, government's uh, um, guidelines. This is what your policy has to have, and you have to have one of these. They remove that. You know what? Think about this. Cause and effect. 
So the insurance companies used to have these things called catastrophic plans, and they used to have all kinds of different medical medical uh, insurance plans that you know one size doesn't fit all. But they couldn't couldn't sell any because everyone was required to have something that, hey, you know what? If you're a guy, you still got to pay for maternity coverage and for uh, for birth control, and you got to pay for for insurance to cover all this stuff that us guys don't have. And it covers all that stuff. And you know, you know, even you women, hey, you know, you're you're women and you're past that uh that childbearing age, you're buying for a whole bunch of stuff that you don't agree with, that you don't need. It's a waste of money. And so now that mandate's gone. What do you think the insurance company's gonna do? I don't know. If I owned a Blue Cross or Blue Shield or or Aetna or uh or um, one of those other ones, one of those other uh, insurance companies that I can't come up with on spur of the moment, I'd be creating some catastrophic plans, you know, and a catastrophic plan is, Hey, I can pay for my doctor visit. I talked to one of my employees. I go, I go, Hey, you know what? Your doctor visit, your, your doctor visit runs about a hundred bucks. She goes, I don't really know. Cause I only go a couple times a year at the most. I never go to the doctor. Okay. How about with, how about your daughters? Oh, you know, maybe three or four times the whole year. Okay. So three or four times, three or 400, how much you paying for your share of our health? Cause I pay for my employees and they pay for their families. So she goes, ah, 500 a month. That's $6,000 a year. Catastrophic plan might be $150, $200 a month. And then if you get in an accident, you're covered. If you get cancer, you're covered. You get some kind of disease where you have to be in the hospital, you get anything. Anything catastrophic, but it just doesn't cover doctor visits. And uh, it, may, it may or may not cover prescriptions. Hey, I can cover that stuff. Save me the money that I'm paying on health insurance. Watch that cause and effect. Watch that happen. But there's somebody out there. There's somebody out there. I don't remember who it was that was on the show with uh, with um, Carl Rove on, on Fox. And uh, he said, hey, 13 million people are going to lose their coverage because of this. Wrong. Removing the mandate causes 13 million people to say, you know what, I got better uses for my money than paying the penalty, going out and buying insurance that doesn't meet my needs and breaks my bank in, in lieu of paying a penalty to the government if I don't do that. We will have more people with insurance tomorrow and more people with insurance in a year from now. There are not going to be 13 million people who are going to lose their coverage. And even the Congressional Budget Office says that in its report on it. It says 13 million people will not buy insurance in the future that might otherwise been forced to buy it you know what uh there's there's somebody else that that said uh hey you know what this is gonna make this is gonna make uh uh insurance rates uh, health insurance rates go up 10 percent next year because of this and i say only 10 because this past year they went up 25 and the year before it was like 22 and the year before that was 15 and it's been going up ever since but i think he's full of crap because it's not going to go up 10 percent he's got he just said it's going to make it go up 10 percent yeah, why? I'm standing there in my in my uh, my pool house that has my uh, all my workout equipment. I'm watching. I go, oh yeah, why? And they go on to the next guy. He never says why. Just it's gonna go up ten percent. That's the things that the Democrats listen to, and they don't listen to anything more. They go, hey, it's gonna go up ten percent. Why? I don't know. I heard it on TV. Must be true. I went to see uh, uh, Doctor Fleming, who's my uh, orthopedic doctor, the other day, and uh, for uh, get me a. Give me a cortisone shot in my elbow because apparently uh, boxing at my age is creating problems in my elbow. Uh, so I went and got a cortisone shot, and he he goes and we were talking about the healthcare bill, and we we're talking about the tax reform, all that stuff. And he goes, he goes, here's how you solve how, solve health insurance. And I don't, and there's going to be a lot of details, but here's here's that. He goes, you have three tiers, three tiers of of health insurance. You have 
free. Everybody's entitled to free, but if you want free, you go to the county hospital. You wait in line, you go to urgent care and wait in line. If the line is three days long, you wait in line three days long. If you need an appointment for because you're sick, you get in whenever they can get you in. And if you end up needing a, a, a knee replacement, you wait nine months, a year, year and a half, however long it takes, but it's free. Then tier number two is 80-20 plan. You pay for insurance, you pay for 20, they pay for 80. You get your deductible just like what we have now, but you pay for insurance. And the third one is cash. If you got cash, you just negotiate your deal and get your health insurance and you get it now if you pay enough. Okay. And so everybody has health coverage. How do we pay for that? Hey, you want to be a doctor? Well, government will pay for you to go to, to medical school. You want to be a physician's assistant, but you know how you pay that back? Then you work for four years or six years at the county hospital. So that's how we staff the county hospital for all those free. We exchange it for education for doctors and nurses and physicians assistants and nurse practitioners and all that stuff. I don't know if, I don't know how all the details would work, but there's an idea. There's an idea. No one's brought up. Hey, you want to get everybody to where it's free? You have free. You just don't get this same kind of service that I get because I pay for insurance or sometimes I pay cash. Sometimes uh, my primary doctor doesn't take insurance. I just flick him a hundred when I go in there because I don't need to have insurance for that. I want to go see who I want to see when I want to see him. Sometimes I text him and say, here's what's happening. And he sends me a prescription, uh, diagnoses me over the text. That's called service, baby. I say, hey, bill me. He never does, but uh, so I treat him good. Anyway, uh, the president also explained on this uh, on this uh, tax uh, reform. He, he said, you know, why are Republicans talking about tax cuts rather than calling it tax reform? And I said very specifically, use the word tax cuts. You know, for 34 years, they've been trying to do this, and they haven't, and they use the word reform. Well, there is reform, but I said we're going to be talking about tax cuts. Yeah, tax cuts, and I'll tell you again, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. The tax cuts, it, you know, if you didn't get, if, if you work it out and it's not tax cuts, it doesn't save you money in tax. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you saved money on your taxes. It's whether it affects your life and makes your life better. And say, well, you know what? I already have a job. So if they create jobs, it's not going to do me anything because I already have a job. Yeah. Okay. I'm in the mortgage industry. The mortgage got the, the, the association of the National Association of Realtors, California Association of Realtors. Hey, if we mess with this stuff, it's going to be bad because people aren't going to get as much of a tax uh, deduction on houses. Well, I don't think most of the majority of people that buy houses are buying over $750,000 or buying a more having a mortgage over seven fifty, okay? There's just not that. There's just not that big of a percentage of them, but uh, you know, here's how's it gonna affect me? How's it gonna affect me? Well, number one, I own a corporation, so it's gonna cut our taxes. But the number number two is the more people, the more corporations that save money on taxes, they create jobs. Those people have uh have income now. They can buy houses. They buy more houses. They need loans. They call me. I do more business. My people are making money. My loan officers are making more money. My processors are making more money. My underwriters, and I'm making more money. And if all those people are making more money, those people, hey, now I got money in my pocket. I can go out to a restaurant. And if you're a waitress, you're gonna get a bigger tip. You're gonna, they're, you're gonna keep your job because the restaurant's busier. People that buy houses buy furniture. They buy TVs. They buy, they buy appliances. It doesn't matter if you saved money on your tax return. Okay, keep focused, folks. The Democrat, the Democrats, the Dumbo craps are uh, are in a turmoil over this. Uh, as you know, they they never miss the opportunity to lie to voters about Republican bill, uh, and this bill was no different. Here's Nancy Pelosi tweeted this bunch of bunk 
on uh, on the on Wednesday. Here are a few things. There are a few things more disturbing than hearing the swell of cheers from the House GOP as they raise taxes on 86 million middle class families. What? Wrong. What the? Where is that coming from? You know, we raise taxes on 86 million Americans. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. You know, one of my one of my borrowers I was talking to, and he goes, "Well, you know what? Uh, the, the, I really feel good about what's happening." He goes, "But you got to." He goes, "You got to hand it to to how they how they got all the senators on board. You know, you got to hand it to to uh, to uh, Marco Rubio for having the having the, the the guts to stand up and say, "Hey, I'm not I'm not signing unless I get more." You know, this is the thing I need changed. Well, I say, well, you know. Marco Rubio needs a punch in the face because what he wants, what he what he was standing up for is he wants more money for earned income tax credit for his Puerto Rican uh, citizens that have eight kids each, so they can so they can get tax refunds when they didn't even make money. I saw a statistic from my friend Larry Elder said there's eighty nine billion dollars a year being refunded in tax money to people that don't pay any taxes. Eighty nine billion dollars. Is going back and refund checks to people who didn't pay anything in, because they earned ta- earned income tax credit. I'm completely in, in in favor of hey, you can pay zero if you don't make enough money, but you don't get a refund. I don't know. That's not going to be very popular with the with the uh, the people with lots of kids and no no income. But you know what? I've got an ethos. I have something I, I believe in, and I'm going to stand by it. And happily, so does our president. So uh, here's some more Democrats uh, scare tactics this week after uh, they passed the bill. This is the worst bill to ever come to the floor of the House with stiff competition for what some of the things they've tried to do. The worst bill in history. What a disgrace. That's what this bill is. It's an absolute disgrace. So what we're doing here today is basically saying wealthy Americans, big fat Christmas present for you. Tiny Tim. We're taking your crutch away from you and all the other kids in this country, and we're putting a lump of coal into your Christmas stocking. That is such a pile of crap that this is not, oh, this is the worst bill. We're taking the Tiny Tim's crutch away from, you know, uh, it's, it's, a big, it's a big plus for Trump. He's a billionaire. He's going to save all kinds of money. Guess what? So are you all you congressmen and senators, because you're all multimillionaires. I, I talked to uh, Ken Calvert several months ago, and I asked him why uh, the the Republican senators and congressmen wouldn't seem to get crazy in front of the camera. Why do you let the Democrats make all the noise, suck all the air out of the room, and nobody's nobody is getting behind Trump, and nobody's making some noise, and when, you know, when, when people like like Lindsey Graham just doesn't quite get it with uh, Trump, and he, you know, he, uh, he don't like him too much because he's kind of soft-spoken, and Trump just says what's says what's coming out of our brains. You know, the same people go, "Hey, you know what, Trump? Trump is just not very presidential." Hey, we're not used to hearing him say it, but we're we're, it, we're used to hearing all the same words come out of Trump's mouth that comes out of our brains, and when we talk to ourselves, and we go, "Ah, oh, man, I wish this would stop. I wish this would stop. Why don't they do this?" Trump's saying it. We're not used to hearing it, but we're not used to actually turning America around, and we're doing it now. So uh, I asked Ken Calvert, I said, you know, are, are people so worried about taking a stand, taking a stand in front of the camera, they're so worried about losing their jobs that they, that they won't stand up for, for what they believe in, for what they promise when they, when they run? How come more Republicans won't step up to the mic and, and make some noise? And he goes, well, it's not that because most of them are multimillionaires. 
Yeah, all you congressmen. Oh, yeah, this is a bad thing. You guys are all saving money, too. Except for you guys aren't hiring anybody. Oh, yeah, you are. You're hiring uh, interns that don't get paid. Oh, yeah, you're creating jobs. So, uh, so, but Democrats cry about everything. Here's President Trump's response to all that mealy mouth whining. Senate, unfortunately, uh, the Democrats don't like to see tax cutting. They like to see tax increases. Um, and they like to complain. But they don't get it done, unfortunately. Yep, exactly. Don't get it done. But you know what? The Democrats don't have a uh, don't has have exclusivity on not getting it done. And I've heard heard people talk like this and I've heard and I've heard people think like this myself when I'm talking to myself is, you know what? The Republicans have the right idea, but they don't know how to get anything done because we're so worried about hurting everybody's feelings. We don't want to talk. If we talk like that, we're going to sound like President Trump. Yeah, he's the president now because people won't like to hear what he has to say. If you're thinking the same, maybe you should express yourself and you'll get reelected. But right now, that's not the case. The Democrats know how to get things done, but they got all the wrong ideas. They want to give away everything. They want to create they want to create people dependent on the government. And for those of you that are on Facebook and, and uh, Twitter and you're going, and you're, these are, yeah, you don't understand. Look at what he's doing to people. You don't know what he's doing. Yes, I do. You know what? I was born a I was born poor. My parents didn't have any money. I lived in the house that was the one that uh, you know if you if you see your friends driving by and you're walking up to your house, you just keep walking so they don't know where you live. No, I was I was embarrassed and all that stuff. My dad gives a perfect example of everything I didn't want to be in uh, in my life and never finished one thing he started ever in his life. The only reason that that me and my brother and my two sisters were born is cuz my mom finished it. He just started it. So anyway, <clears throat> you know what? These people are, you're going to hurt these people. No, you're not. Make them, make them get a job. We're going to take away your EBT card and we're going to hand you a job. And guess what? You don't even know how good that is for you because you're going to go to work and you're going to feel good at the end of the day. You know, wow, I got to hang out with some people that actually talk back to me. You know, they instead of just talking, uh, smoking weed and watching uh the view or some other dumbass thing on TV. Hey, you know what? I got to do something productive with my day. I feel good. I'm going to go work harder tomorrow and then I'm going to get a raise. And I'm going to get a promotion. That's how the world works guys. Whether you know it or not. Uh, so the Republicans. So anyway, the Democrats need to know, know how to, how to feed into those guys and get, and get stuff done and feed on people's emotions. I don't want to lose my free EBT card. I don't want to have to go to work. You don't even know how how much happier you're going to be, but uh, the Republicans, on the other hand, don't want to uh, talk out too much because guess what? They're gonna they're gonna get me saying something that that and they're gonna twist it into something and they're gonna use it as sound bites on my opponent's commercial and I'm gonna lose my lose my place. You know what? If you can't do something heroic with your position in government, then get out of government and put somebody who's who's got the stones to do it. That's what I think, anyway. I could be wrong. I'm not. But I'll say I could be wrong, just so I sound humble. So uh, here's the truth about the bill, according to according to a nonpartisan tax policy center, uh, which on this uh, on this uh, tax reform, which may or may not have any have any weight on it, but it says in 2018 households earning forty nine thousand to eighty six thousand will see an average cut of nine hundred thirty bucks. Does that what does that mean to you? If you earn between forty nine and eighty six thousand, will you see an average tax cut of nine hundred thirty bucks? I don't know. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. Households earning eighty six to one hundred forty nine will see an average tax cut of just over eighteen hundred bucks. 
Will that happen to you if you earn between 86 and 140? I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Depends on what you show your taxes. I think the biggest tax reform we should do is turn to a national national uh, sales tax and get rid of the IRS because then nobody can cheat. And I can tell you as a, as a mortgage lender, 29 years in the business, that uh, people cheat. If you could keep, do something that made everybody pay something based on how they spend, and just get rid of the IRS. Everybody take home your whole paycheck, but you pay 15% at the when you buy something. Well, I don't want to pay 15% when I buy something. Yeah, well, if your paycheck is the whole paycheck instead of half of it, you probably will be okay with that. And then the guy that's that's begging on the freeway off-ramp, who's probably raking in $70,000 a year tax-free, even he has to pay. Well, why should he have to pay? He doesn't have a job or a house. He's making his, He's making more money than you are. So here's here's uh, more truth, more truth on the bill from Speaker, uh, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan. We come to these jobs to try and improve the lives of the people we represent. And this bill, more than so many other things we've ever tried to do, does that. And so we're very thankful and we're very hopeful because when we've been working on this issue for so many years, we can see on the horizon this great potential for our people and for our economy. We know this is the greatest country on earth, and we know that America has better days ahead, and we know that America has so much more potential to tap. This bill taps that potential. You know, I just look at the state of Wisconsin. The average income family of four in Wisconsin is going to get in excess of a $2,000 tax cut. That's real relief for real people living paycheck to paycheck. We're heartened that hours after this bill passed, we're seeing companies across the country giving bonuses to their employees. One company in Philadelphia, $50 billion in capital improvements and investment over the next five years because of this tax bill. We're encouraged at the fact that this is going to give the American economy the jolt of energy it needs to give people the opportunity they deserve. Yeah, well, uh, he, he's passionate about that, and I think it will, but it doesn't matter if they really save 2000 or they actually, or your, actual, your, uh, your spouse actually goes to work and gets rid of the unemployment check or the EBT card. So let's, let's go on a uh, UN resolution vote this week. United Nations voted on a resolution to condemn Trump's admin- the Trump administration's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and move, move our embassy there. Before the vote happened, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Uh, Nikki Haley issued the other countries the, uh, of the U.N. This stern warning on social media, she tweeted this out, said, At the U.N., we're always asked to do more and give more. So when we make a decision at the will of the American people about where to locate our embassy, we don't expect those who we've helped to target us. On Thursday, there will be a vote criticizing our choice. The U.S. will be taking names. And quite frankly, uh... She's awesome. Here's uh, Trump at the U.N. on Wednesday. I like the message that Nikki sent yesterday at the United Nations for all of these nations that take our money and then they vote against us at the Security Council or they vote against us potentially at the Assembly. They take hundreds of millions of dollars and even billions of dollars and then they vote against us. Well, we're watching those votes. Let them vote against us. We'll save a lot. We don't care. But this isn't like it used to be where they could vote against you and then you pay them hundreds of millions of dollars and nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that makes weak-kneed leaders buckle. That's why so many presidents uh, get out of office and they have accomplished basically nothing because they're afraid to stand up for us. And uh, after the U.N. vote on uh, on 
Thursday morning was it? Uh, they voted 128 to nine in favor of the resolution to to condemn America's decision. Ambassador Nikki Haley delivered these strong words. America will put our embassy in Jerusalem. No vote in the United Nations will make any difference on that. But this vote will make a difference on how Americans look at the UN and on how we look at countries who disrespect us in the UN. And this vote will be remembered. We'll remember it when we are called upon to once again make the world's largest contribution to the United Nations. And we will remember it when so many countries come calling on us, as they so often do, to pay even more and to use our influence for their benefit. Yep. Uh, did uh, did Trump pick the right person to be our ambassador to the UN? Nikki Haley is a badass, and I, lo- I love this lady. Uh, second, o- second only to, well, I don't know, it's second only, neck and neck with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders as, as uh, the uh, press uh, press secretary, doing an awesome job. Hey, I'm almost out of time. I got about a minute and a half. I want to talk about the Trump success. What a better way to end 2017, but talking about his success. Um, I go on just on to a, a whole bunch of different uh, things that he's done. Uh, U.S. World Report Trump's uh, 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 Trump signing signing the tax bill into law before the first anniversary of his inauguration. Neil Gorsuch's uh, Supreme Court appointment and pulling us out of the Paris Climate Accord and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, New York Times says, says that uh, um, they didn't seem to notice that we kicked uh, ISIS off of the world. Uh, first year, here's some more some more things. In the first year, Trump's presidency, the value of your 401k went up 25%. If you're, if you're invested in stocks, you went up 25%. 2017 saw its first significant increase in homeownership rate over 10 years. The number of owner-occupied households grew faster than renter households for the first three consecutive terms in the first time in 12 years. You know what? Things are good, guys. Things are good, and they're going to get better. You know why stock market didn't go up? Because the stock market didn't go up after the tax thing? Because it was already up because the America has confidence that Trump was going to do it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year. I won't be back next next uh, week, so I'll see you in first uh, first weekend in uh, 2018. You guys be good to each other, and uh, my name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you in two weeks. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate. Broker license number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199.